0: Colossians chapter 3. Friends, when I was in year 11, back in 1994, oh my goodness, so long ago, at, at, at East Tools Boys High School, the uh, music department and the drama department connected with the girls school, the boys school, girls school across the street, and they decided to put on a musical called The Wiz, a takeoff of The Wizard of Oz. And they asked me to try and it, and I, and I tried out for a role, and I got the role of the scarecrow, my brother got the role, Kurt's here, the role of the Tin Man, and I have a picture of the Scarecrow with Dorothy. Would you like to see that this morning? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, here it is. The Scarecrow, that's me, with uh, Dorothy, and we, and, and, we, and we did some cool songs like, Ease on down, ease on down the road, come on down, ease on down. It was the jazz version of The Wizard of Oz, Take Off of the Wiz, right? And friends, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. It was one of the highlights of, it still is one of the highlights of my life, looking back, that, that, that time of rehearsals and building relationships, learning songs and trying to dance. I say trying because it's a, definitely a trying with me. Trying to do like the box step. I learned what a box step was. Everyone know what a box step is? You step that way, that way. That's what's called a box step. I had to do that about 16 times in the show. It was great. And And, and the singing and the dancing and... A team and working together and putting a performance on. It was just one of the absolute highlights of my life. And then when I was in year 12, the school decided to do another musical. And I'm going, I'm in. And they did the musical Bye Bye Birdie. There's a picture of the Ed Sullivan show. And I had to sing to my little sister, great skies are going to clear up, put on a happy face. And then I sang another song to my, to my girlfriend in the show, her, her name was Rosie. I sang this song, now my life is Rosie, since I found my Rosie, with a girl like Rosie, how could I be blue? Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And again, and it was another wonderful experience of relationships, of putting this task on, of, of doing music. And, and, and I had this desire in my heart to like keep doing this. So that, so that motivated me to become a high school music teacher where I thought, <laughs> nice idea, where I thought I could do music with kids and help them have relationships and dance and put on shows and music teaching didn't, quite, didn't turn out quite like that. But I had this desire to reproduce this and it motivated me to become a teacher to do it. Friends, what motivates you this morning? What, what what motivates you? What inspires you to action? About four and a half years ago, I had a bit of a, a, um, a season where I, I struggled with anxiety. And I spoke to a psychologist and other doctors, and they said, one of the good things for you to do, Nathan, is exercise. And because I wanted to be free from anxiety, I was motivated to exercise. And I still exercise because I still want to be free from anxiety. And, and, and exercises, exercise releases serotonin. It helps you relax. You feel great and you just go, ah, oh. that's what exercise does. So, ex- so my desire to be free from anxiety motivated me and still does to exercise. What motivates you this morning? Maybe you have a, a desire to support your family. And as a result, that motivates you to work, to to earn an income. Maybe you have a desire for a healthy body. So that motivates you to eat healthy, go to the gym, look after this beautiful body that you have. Maybe you have a, a desire to see people come to know Jesus. So that motivates you to pray for lost people, to take opportunities when you're with people who don't yet know Jesus to share your story of what Jesus has done in your life. Them. Maybe you have a, a desire to make a difference in the world. So that motivates you to get involved with some sort of organisation that's, that, that, that's making a difference in people's lives. Maybe you have a desire to see children thrive. So that motivates you to get involved in children's ministry. Maybe you have a desire to be a great parent. So that motivates you to read books, to go to courses, to find out, to talk to other people how to be a great parent. Maybe you have a desire to see young people out of poverty. So that motivates you to get a Compassion Kid and to get a Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child box that we did last week and to fill that box up with toys and send it overseas. And if you've seen the the Padstow, is it on the LifeGate Padstow Facebook page? Yes? If you go to the LifeGate page, you'll see Natalia and her sisters making the boxes in a race. It's really cool. I encourage you to check it out. These desires motivate us. But friends, how about a desire for godliness? Do you have a desire for godliness? Now, when I talk about godliness, I'm talking about your character and your character being like God, to be without sin, and to live a life that honours Him like a a living a life that like God would live. A life of godliness. Now, talking about godliness is not sexy. It's not the most wonderful thing, that, or the what's the thing, um, the the thing of the month. How do you say that expression? That, so. the flavor. Thanks, Dave. It's godliness is not the flavor of the month thing to talk about. It's not, but it is something that God desires, and it's something that we should desire. Do you desire godliness? You know, the Bible is full of information about godliness. The Ten Commandments talks about how God wants us to live. And in, and in 1 Peter 1.15, Peter writes this. But just as He, God, who called you, is holy. To be holy means to be set apart, to be different, to be without sin. Just as God is holy, who called you to be holy. So be holy. In all you do, be set apart, be different, be without sin. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus says this, Be perfect, wow, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. There is this desire from God that you live and I live a godly life. To live a life like God, just as God is holy, just as God is perfect, just as God is without sin, God's desire for us, is to live that way. What motivates you to live a life that is godly? I love body surfing. Um, I used to have a body board when I was young. I used to have the wetsuit and I used to have the full-on tan when I was about 16, 17 years of age. I've grown up a little bit since then. And I I love to body surf. Any body surfers in the room? Meaning that you go in the ocean and you swim and try and catch a wave. That's all it means, yeah? Anyone like to do that? A few people, right? So when you do it, it's really, really cool, right? You, you see the wave coming, and just before it gets to you, you, you go onto the water and you swim as fast as you can, and then you feel the wave pick you up and throw you forward. And then as you go down the wave, you, you have to lift your fingers up a little bit. It's amazing, I don't understand. If you have your hands flat and, and your fingers are down in the water, you sort of stop. But if you lift your fingers up a little bit, the wave just takes you on. And just like that wave throws you forward and carries you towards the sand... It's the same as what is the motivation for you to be godly? What is the thing that inspires you? What is the wave that that pushes you forward to be godly? What is the motivation for you to say no to sin and yes to God? What is the motivation for you to say no to the cravings of the flesh? In other words, what I want to do because it feels good. To say no to that. And yes to God. What is the thing that motivates you to say no to your friends and your, un, your unsafe friends and family that, 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 that want to get you to do something that, that, that's ungodly and say yes to God? What motivates you to be godly? Well, friends, in Colossians chapter 3, it tells us over and over and over again about the motivation for us to be godly. In Colossians chapter 3, the passage talks a whole heap about how God wants us to live. It tells us the stuff that we should say no to, and it's the stuff that we should put on. It talks about clothing yourself with love and, 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 and really, really good things. It talks about how we're to live. But six times in these 14 verses in Colossians chapter 3, it tells us the motivation of, of the, the, the thing that should inspire us To be godly. And instead of us reading the passage, I'm going to point to the motivation first. And, friends, the motivation for us to be godly is looking at what God has done in Christ Jesus and will do in Christ Jesus for us. As we look at what God has done for us in the Lord Jesus and what He will do for us. In the Lord Jesus, in his return, that should motivate us, that should inspire us to be godly. This is Colossians chapter 3, motivational verses, verse 1. He says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Friends, before, if you're a Christian here this morning, before Jesus, you were dead. You were dead to God, you had no relationship with God. But when you come to Jesus, he makes us alive. We are raised to life, just like Christ was. Another motivational verse in verse 3, he says, For you died. In other words, you died, although you were dead, you, when you become a Christian, you die to your own passions and your own desires, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That when you die to yourself and you choose to follow Jesus, God welcomes you in and he hides you, protects you, guards you in himself. Verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, Jesus is coming back, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Friends, if if we come back and we're dead, we will rise up and be with Him. Or if we walk on the earth and He comes back, we will rise up and be with Him forever. More verses on, on these motivational verses to be godly in verse 9 and 10. It says, You've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. God has given you a new self, a new life, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Not only has God given you a new life, but he's transforming you now. You're becoming renewed each day as God does his work in your life. Friends, this is what God has done and is doing for you right now. In verse 12, another motivational first, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, friends, God has chosen you. Catherine, God has chosen you to be his daughter. He says that you are holy. You're not like the rest of the world. You are separate. You are set apart. You are different. You are special to everyone else because you're in Christ. And he says here in verse 12 that you are dearly loved. Not just loved, but you are dearly loved. The last thing, this motivational verse in these these 14 verses in verse 13, where it talks about how the Lord has forgiven you. He has forgiven you of your sins, your wrongdoing, the stuff that you deliberately did wrong, the things that you should have done that you didn't do. He's forgiven you at all. And because of these things, Paul, he writes, Colossians says, Live a life that is godly. Let what God has done and is doing and will do inspire you. Let it motivate you to live a life that honours God. Are you ready for the 14 verses? I've given you a glimpse. Are you ready? Who's hungry for this this morning? Wake up, everybody. Let's go. Let's go. Smile at me. Wow, what a good-looking bunch of people. Thank you for that. Verse 1. Here it is. Colossians 3. Before I tell you this, let me give you context. Paul wrote the letter to Colossae because Colossae, the church, is in trouble. False teachers have got into the church, and they're starting to teach stuff that's wrong. They were teaching the wrong stuff about Jesus. So Paul writes Nikki's favourite verse from Colossians 1, 15 and 16 about who Jesus is. And then these false teachers were saying you have to fulfil the law. And Paul says, no, 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 the law is over, it's finished. Christ has fulfilled the law for you. And then he talks about how they're to live. And this is what we read in Colossians chapter 3. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. That's what he's done. You've been, you were dead, now you're alive. I've said that before. This is how you to live because of what Christ has done. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The right hand of God where Christ is seated. Set your hearts on things there, things that are good. And when we talk about heart, we're talking of passion. We're talking about desires. We're talking about will. Set your passions, your desires, your will on things that are of heaven, things that are good, things that are God-honouring. Set your passion, your heart on those things, Verse 2, set your minds different, not your will, not your passions, not your desires, rather your thinking. Because before you have a will, before you have a passion, before you have a desire, it starts with a thought. And that thought develops, and then it becomes a passion, then it becomes a, dire, a, a, a desire. So you've got to catch your thinking, friends. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Friends, what are you thinking about? Are you entertaining ungodly, unbiblical, destructive thoughts? Or is you thinking about the things of heaven? The things that are good, the things that are God-honoring. In verse 3, he gives you the reason. Here's the motivation. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Because of that, put to death, therefore, put to death, stop, over, finished, whatever belongs to your earthly nature or or your flesh nature or your old self, put it to death. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, they're all sexual things. Things that aren't godly, things that aren't between a husband and a wife. That is godliness, sexual relationship between husband and a wife. Outside of that, it's not godly, friends. It talks about evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Idol is having something more important than God in your life. And greed, when you want stuff, and you want stuff, it becomes more important than God in your life. Verse 6, because of these, the, the wrath or the anger of God is coming. Verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Friends, that's not who you are now. That's your old life. Verse eight. He goes on. He talk about. He he just said the things that you should stop. Here's another section on things that you should put off or stop. Verse eight. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as anger, rage, malice, which is. I have to look up that word. It means hatred. Slander, pulling people down, and filthy language from your lips. Christians, it's not okay to swear. Oh, sorry. It's not okay to swear. Amen? Do not lie to each other. You know what lying does? Lying protects you. When you lie, you lie to cover up something that you didn't do, that you should have done. So you so you tell a lie to... So when they look at you, you don't, they, they don't look at you badly, they... They, they look, at, look at you like you're okay because you've covered it over. That's lying and that's not, not cool. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator... This is what God has done. He has given you a new self and it's not just a new that he leaves you. He continues to change you and he continues to move you and he continues to transform you. This is how good our, this is how good our God is. And in verse 11, here he says, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, and slave or free. But Christ, in other words, there isn't one great group. There's not like the Jews or the Gentiles or the circumcised or uncircumcised or any better, but Christ, he's the one. It's about Him. He's the better one. And He is not just in one group, but He's in all groups who respond to Him. He's just told us the two big groups of things that we should put off. And then He tells you what to put on. And He talks about a choice in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves With compassion, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together. Friends, this, these verses from verse 12, verse 12, it's all about a choice. He talks about clothe yourselves, put on, like getting a shirt. I choose the shirt to wear. I choose compassion, even when Michelle, my wife, ticks me off. I choose to forgive, even when Mark Tumi doesn't deserve it. No offence, not that he ever hurt me, but I'm sure he will one day. I choose to put on love, even when Ken doesn't do the things that he says he's going to do and it just upsets me and frustrates me. Not that he ever does that either, but <laughs> it's a choice, friends. It's a choice. It's to clothe yourself. And why should we do it? Why should we choose love? Why should we choose compassion? Why should we choose kindness? What is the motivator? What is the thing that inspires us? What is the way that we can catch that pushes us towards the beach? It is what Christ has done, is doing, and will do in your life. As you look at what Christ has done, is doing, and will do, it will throw you towards the beach. It will inspire you. It will motivate you to live a life that is godly, that will live a life that is pure. Friends, let's get, let's get real this morning. We like to get real at LifeGate. And let me ask you this question. Are you struggling to be godly? Are you struggling to say no to, you, to, your, to your flesh, to your old life, and yes to God? Are you struggling? And the answer is what? Yes. We struggle, don't we? This isn't like put your hand up if you're a bad person. No, no. This is all of us. We all struggle because we live in this fallen tent called a body. We have these desires that aren't godly, and, and God is renewing us, and we're, and we're continuing to choose to do the right thing. But we're in this struggle, we're in this battle. And friends, if we're going to say no to sin and yes to God, I come up with this cool, this, uh, cool phrase during the week, you like this one. Say no to sin and yes to Him. Say no to sin and yes to Him. It's a bit, a bit what's a bit? Where what, what would you use that, Mark? A bit, a bit cheesy, a bit cheesy, but I think it's memorable. People often talk about that uh, rapping I did. Yo, 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 watch next step. Remember, Remember that? How cheesy was that? But everyone remembers it. Remember this one. Say no to sin and yes to him. Say, can I, can I wrap it? I haven't practiced it, so the answer's no. Say no to sin and yes to him. Say no to sin and yes to him. I, 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 I sit on the computer a fair bit during the week and I have my email open and Word documents writing on messages or whatever. PowerPoint, and, and, to, and to keep in touch with the world, I often have 9MSN opened, right? Anyone use 9MSN as a... 9 MS, I'm the only one. Good. Right, so 9 MS, they're obviously doing great advertising and it tells you what's happening in the world. And as you scroll down, every day there's one, two, three of these boxes which says, look at this person with low cleavage or this person had a costume malfunction or this person has, is, there's a nudie tweet of this person and the flash says, click on it. And in that moment I go, no, I'm going to say notice in." And I'm going to say yes to Jesus and just let it go past. When I get caught doing the wrong thing, people go, Nathan, you said you were going to do this and, and you didn't do it. And, and the flesh rises up and say, Nathan, just lie. And then they won't know and they'll think you're okay. No, no, you've got to say no to sin and yes to him in that situation because I'm motivated by what Christ has done and he, he's going to do and will do in my life. And so I don't lie and I choose God's way. When Michelle ticks me off, oh man, that, does, that doesn't happen very often. And she's at Liverpool this morning playing bass guitar and leading things over there so I can say whatever I like. Is that true, friends? And you're not going to tell her. I'm not going to tell her, right? And so sometimes on occasion she ticks me off and she does things that just frustrate me. And in that moment, talked about rage and anger and discord and whatever rises up within me. And I'm going to go, Rah! And I go no, say no to sin. Say no to sin and yes to him. Nathan, remember what Christ has done for you. Remember what he's doing and he's going to do in your life and honour her and love her, even though I maybe deserves a bit of a... uh, Love her and let it go and love love covers over a multitude of sins. Say no to sin and yes to him. And friends, this is not only true in my life, it's true in your life. When you get in situations when the flesh rises up and you want to do something that is ungodly, it's going to feel good, but you know it's not God's way. In those, mom- in those moments, go back and remind yourself of what, who God is and what He's done for you, what He's doing in you and what He will do in you. Remind yourself of those things. When your friends want to take you away from God, Say no to sin and yes to him. Why? Because of what he's done. Allow what he's done for you and he's doing and will do to motivate you to say no to sin and yes to him. Enable it to motivate you. I um, first committed my life to Jesus at age eight, but nothing really changed. As a 15, 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid with friends, I used to swear and do the party alcohol thing and treat girls pretty poorly. And I was just living like one of them. And then when I hit 17, I had this, and it must have been later. I can't remember all the dates now. Such a long time ago. Hey, I turned 40 in like two months. Holy dooly. I know, it's scary. 17 is like an eternity. You go, how about <laughs> it? you say 88, Mr. X? He just said, how about 88? in the front row <laughs> that was awesome when I was 17 I was at this conference and, and this guy named Al Stewart presented the message of the gospel around the prodigal son and it was so so clear like when I heard it the spirit of God touched me in such a way like where I understood the gospel like I'd never understood the gospel and it had radical change in my life like, from that moment I pretty much stopped swearing pretty much straight away The party alcohol thing took a while. The way I treated girls took a few years to to catch up. But as I grew in my relationship with God, as I understood what Christ had done at a whole new level, man, and as I dwelt on it, as I focused on it, it gave me a passion to love God. It gave me a passion to honour Him. It gave me a passion to serve Him. And as a result, my life changed. I was different. I chose to live differently. I chose to say no to my friends. And after a period of time, they, they my, my friends who wanted me to smoke dope with them, cut me off because I didn't do what I wanted I didn't do what they wanted me to do. And that's okay, because it happens when we when we become godly people. Un, the, un, the unsaved world doesn't like it. And they push us away. They point the figure, they blame, they 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 tear us down. And anyone who says no to the same-sex marriage campaign, man, you are. Bam. They they give it to you. What happened to free speech in this nation? There's a campaign that says it's okay to say no. And friends, it's okay to say no. Amen. I've got a clap. I didn't didn't even say Jesus and I got a clap. And friends, that can be true for you. Look to him. Get passionate about him. Recognise what he's done. And your life will change. Imagine... Imagine a church where every single person was so passionate and focused on Jesus and what he'd done, doing and going to do in our lives. That that motivated us, that challenged us, that that, that moved us to live a life of godliness and purity. Imagine the impact that would have on your family and friends. Imagine the impact that would have on your community. Imagine the impact. One last story to finish. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a barbecue, and I was speaking to this guy who knew the Bible really, really well, but he wasn't yet a Christian. He, we talked about he hadn't made a decision to follow Jesus, and we talked a whole heap about who Jesus was. Was he God? Was he man? Was he did he become man? Did he be, was he God? He gave up his godness. Well, these all these wonderful conversations, and after about twenty five minutes, I said to him, "What's stopping you become a Christian? What's stopping you become a Christian?" And he said, I don't want to give up porn, getting drunk and, 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 and doing my own thing. And when he said that to me, I went, dude, you don't need to give that up yet. I said, I said, simply come to Jesus. Recognise who He is. Ask Him to forgive you for your sin. Choose to follow Him and God will do something incredible in your life. He will put His Spirit in you. He will start to change you. He He will show you what He's done and you'll be so excited and so passionate about what He's done that that porn, getting drunk, living for yourself, that becomes nothing compared to how good it is to have Jesus. I said that stuff will naturally disappear as you put your focus and attention on Jesus. And friends, if you're here this morning and you've not yet made a decision to follow Jesus, because you think the way of the world is better, let me tell you, it's not. Living for Jesus, He gives you joy and He gives you pleasure and He gives you wow, 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 wow. Today can be your day. And friend, if you're a Christian this morning and you're struggling with sin, This message has all been about motivating you to godliness and the motivation for you, friends. Let me encourage you to look to Jesus, to focus on what He's done in your life, focus on what He's doing and what He will do when He returns. Focus on that and that will motivate you to live a life that honours Him in every single area. Amen. If you want to commit your life to Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that He died for me and rose from the dead. God, I am sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus from this day forward. Amen.